Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar and TA, team over here at Sharp Football Analysis. And here we are, the two, well, technically three weeks left, but only two weeks of games. Here we are at the conference championship games. How are we doing this week, guys? Yeah, this is it. Uh, kind of the end of the road. It's a little bittersweet, but these games are really good. I think that we've got, you know, the four teams, I think that we think uh, maybe outside of maybe the Saints, but I think these are the four teams that we thought were clearly top NFL teams and we're there here we are at the end of the line no real surprises I don't think yeah I agree these are I think these are the four teams that I thought would be here um at least beginning of the playoffs so um you know and we talked a lot especially with Tampa we said they could either lose that first round game or make it to the Super Bowl so they had that variability but they clearly you know have the talent to get here so uh, you know as a Browns fan disappointed what happened last week literally what they needed they needed a miracle and they kind of had it with the Mahomes injury. You don't want anybody to get hurt, obviously. But that was kind of the only way they were going to have a shot to win that game. And, you know, they just couldn't get, you know, couldn't get it done. So, but, you know, rightfully so. The Chiefs are there. They, they deserve to be here. So, um, and from a betting perspective, it gets really hard. This is, this is kind of the, you know, um, if you're an average better, just wants to put money on, you know, to get some action. Um, you know, you're going to find places to, to put your money. But in reality, there's really no angles here or edges here that anybody has that you could sit and say, you know, I think I, I've got a great, great picker. <laughs> I really know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's really, you can make cases, you know, with all four teams and all four sides. So, uh, or, or total. So, um, you know, we could break it down as much as possible, but at the end of the day, um, I, I think you're just, you're really putting money on these games, um, whatever you end up doing just, just to get action. But the, you know, the, the pure efficiency, the, these lines are pretty, pretty, uh, clearly good to me so um but we could we could definitely you know dwell into some of these uh some of these matchups for sure all right so without wasting much time let's just get to it uh first game on sunday is going to be tampa bay at green bay all right now looking for DraftKings sportsbooks three and a half uh point line uh the packers are favored uh with a uh over under of 51 so uh first first look how how are we feeling about this game i'm looking at this right now and uh you know outside of the weather concerns we have to wait but i mean this is the, these are two highest scoring offenses in the nfl uh, i mean i feel like a lot of people don't think that the buccaneers like just without looking at the numbers are like a really like prolific offense but they here they are you know second points per game they scored 30 or more points in five straight games it's a franchise record they've scored 24 or more points in nine straight games uh, and they're really their team total is really sitting at what 23 and a half right now like right there on that line uh, that they've just been consistently hitting but uh, they've been scoring a lot more points than I think a lot of people you know think that they have just because they've had some ups and downs throughout the season you know some some kind of schisms with Brady Brady was hot and cold and now he's hot again he's been really hot to close the season I saw that he's coming into this game with a record pass attempts of road pass attempts without an interception and he broke an NFL record last week um, but yeah this game if, if there was no weather concerns I would say this game definitely signals to be like ultra high scoring and could be a really fun game, just like the AFC game as well. Uh, but I don't know if we get there, if we have this, you know, cold weather, obviously there's a lot of numbers that go into if there's, you know, over 10 mile per hour winds and, you know, games go under and, you know, 
all these other, you know, kind of minutia that goes into things. Uh, but if the weather holds and it's similar, similar to where it moved, because we thought the weather was going to be bad in the Rams game last week at Lambeau. And it was, you know, cold. But, hey, if, it's, if we can get around 35 or, you know, it's, it's not that windy, uh, maybe we have some, we have some uh, chance uh, for some fun, you know, kind of a uh, high scoring early game here. Yeah, and, you know, I, uh, we could talk about the first matchup, and I'm curious to hear, you know, especially Dan's thoughts. I know he breaks these things down. I know he's got an article coming up on what happened kind of in the first matchup. I, I was actually on Tampa in that first matchup. I think it closed right around Pickham. It was like one point either way. Um, but, you know, that was a game that it started off like Green Bay was just marching up and down the field. They had a 10 nothing lead. You know, I think the Tampa had two, three and outs and kicked it right back. And I thought this was a dead, dead loser. And, um, you know, a great pick six by Carlton Davis. He'd made a tremendous play on an out pattern um, to, Von- to Devontae Adams. Um, and then the next drive, you know, bounces off uh, with the receiver's chest and another pick six. So, yeah, just like that, um, well, it wasn't a pick six, but they, they scored from the one. Uh, they took a 14-10 lead and, and kind of never looked back, and it seemed like the Packers were rattled. Um, and they played, you know, that was like the one outlier game all season by Green Bay, especially that offense, you know, can only score 10 points. Um, but, you know, Tampa got to them. They blitzed the hell out of uh, Aaron Rodgers, and they got to him a lot. I mean, he, he was – he was really bad against the blitz. Um, and that was really the only game all season that you can say that. Uh, I mean, when he was blitzed, he was 21 dropbacks. He was six of 17 for 63 yards and two interceptions and three sacks. Like he was, he was horrible. Um, so, you know, who knows if that was just an aberration or if, you know, Tampa actually did things that, you know, confused him and they can, you know, repeat the same things again this week. I, I do find it interesting just looking at the matchup. I haven't bet either side. I, I'd say I'm leaning Tampa at three and a half, but I definitely haven't uh, made a decision yet. I'll probably give it a little bit of time and do a little bit more work. Um, you know, I think obviously Tampa is talented enough to keep this game close and to win. Uh, but Green Bay has such an advantage, you know, at home. And, you know, they played so well this year outside of that game. It's just really hard to handicap exactly, um, you know, how this is going to go. And, you know, the one thing I keep coming back to, and I think we've talked about it, is just the, this Green Bay schedule. You know, I, I've updated the kind of the EPA numbers and Green Bay has by far had the easiest, singular easiest uh, schedule, opponent schedule. When you look at um, opponent net EPA per play, um, you know, the, they're one spot ahead of, uh, ahead of the Browns. And, you know, they do, to, to, to be fair, they are the number one team, though. Uh, so they've done it against the easiest schedule. But, you know, you can't really deny that they still have played well. Uh, Tampa actually comes in fourth. Uh, in, in net EPA per play. And they've done this against a t- t- toughest schedule. So clearly from a, you know, who's been more battle tested, I would say Tampa here. And they've had to go on the road twice in the playoffs. Um, and so it's like, how much do you take, take that into account? I mean, Green Bay has really only played between the Tampa game, the Saints and Tennessee. And that was obviously in a, you know, in a kind of a bad weather game. Um, you know, they really haven't played uh, many good teams. I mean, and maybe the, the, the Colts are the other only other one. And, you know, they've got two losses. So they're essentially two, two and two. And, you know, the Rams last week were dealing with all those injuries we talked about. So I'm not even sure you even count them uh, as a, um, a team that, you know, considered good based upon how um, they were set up last week. So, you know, I, I think Tampa does have, you know, some path to victory here. Um, I definitely think they have a shot to cover. I, like I said, I'm going to keep, keep working on some of the matchups here and, and see if there's anything. I obviously don't want, ton of bad weather because that obviously favors the Packers and um, we know Tom Brady is 
played well historically in this weather. He's used to it, but you know, I don't think at his age that um, he really wants to be playing in, you know, a ton of wind and snow and whatnot. So I'm um, not sure about the rest of the, the, the Tampa team, you know, how many times is a, uh, some of these guys, you know, Devin White, how many times has he played in, in 25 degree weather? I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, it'll be uh, really, really interesting to see if, if the weather kind of has a has an impact here. But I think it's going to be a great game. I, I don't see a, a blowout either way. But I'm curious, Dan, from your perspective, kind of what can we take from that first matchup, um, if anything, uh, and kind of, uh, um, you know, roll it forward to here? Yeah, probably not as much as you would think, especially for a game that ended 38-10. Uh, so I went back and watched it a couple times because I honestly, like, I know I watched it and wrote about it when it happened, but I, at this point, don't remember anything about it before I went back and, and rewatched it. And th- I think the thing is, it was, like, not as big of a blowout as, the, as that score would look, you know? Like you said, the beginning of the game, Green Bay just went down the field on uh, on their first drive, scored a field goal, um, forced a three and out on the second drive, and then went right down the field uh, again on their third drive to um, to score a touchdown. And they were up 10 nothing. And the that touchdown drive looked a lot like what the Packers 2020 offense was. It was well-designed. It was, you know, in rhythm. And we've talked about this a bunch and I've written about it a little bit this year, kind of when I've gone into some of the Packers stuff. What has really made Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense so different in 2020 that it was in 2019, even in this Matt LaFleur system. And then, you know, the previous times in the Mike McCarthy offense and whatever you know, that was, was how much Rodgers trusted the structure and how willing he was to, you know, create things within structure. And he trusted the play calls. He trusted the route concepts were going to be open uh, instead of, knowing slant flat wasn't going to be open for the 19th time of the game and then trying to either take a deep shot or throw it away. Aaron Rodgers this year has really been so good in structure, getting the ball out quickly, trusting what's happening. And and that was something that uh, really worked on that first touchdown drive. And it looked like it was going to be a blowout the other way. Uh, it looked like Green Bay was going to have this game completely in hand. And then on the following Green Bay drive, he throws that pick six, which is a, you know, a great, um, you know, a little out route to Devonte Adams. Like he said, uh, Jamal Dean uh, came in and picked it off. And that kind of started a little, a bit of a, a snowball effect because then uh, again, the, the drive with the next interception was uh, a pop off. Um, I think uh, Mercedes Lewis's. Adams. I think it was, was Adams, it, right? it was Adams again. Right. Um, uh, so that was a, a pop-up to him and a deflected pass that got picked and it comes right down to basically the goal line. And then, like you said, all of a sudden it's 14, nothing. And then that's really when Tampa started to get in its groove defensively because now they were uh, ahead. Uh, they were able to start to pressure Rogers. They didn't really have, um, and then green Bay got into this back into the, you know, the 2019, the pre uh, Matt before Rogers, where it felt like they felt like they needed to get everything back in one play. And then that uh, really played into Tampa's hands with how often they wanted to blitz. So it was, it was just a combination of a lot of things. It was a snowball effect that the, I think the Packers made worse by their game plan of how they were trying to take these shot plays. Uh, and that kept Rodgers in the pocket way longer than it probably should have. That gave the blitz time to get there. And I think that's part of what made it so uh, effective. But there were a couple of plays that were still left on the field um, for the Packers. I mentioned Mercedes Lewis before. He had a wide open seam shot 
uh, that Rodgers just missed a, a little bit. And I think, you, you know, you put that exact throw uh, in the NFC Championship game now, and Rodgers is probably making that throw. So I think that things like that could have made it different also. But, you know, Tampa was also doing some some really cool things, some like exotic blitz looks. Uh, and one of their sacks, uh, they had, you know, three defensive linemen down and um, Devin White and Levante David were the two edge rushers on a five-man line. And they were the guys who got pressure. And I think it was David who was able to beat uh, Jamal Williams for um, on a block and he got the sack. So uh, they were doing a lot of, you know, creative things. And I think the Packers, just you know played into their hands a little bit by how and they were just trying to get everything back on one play it was all the deep shots uh and they really got out of rhythm which is what helped them score uh earlier in the game so uh, i'm really interested to see how they figure that out because i don't think they're going to be as desperate even if you know tampa is going to be blitzing that often i think they're going to be a little more in rhythm and at least you know tell themselves to stay in rhythm if that were to happen again yeah, I kind of like the Packers here. Well, one, history has not favored the Bucks in this spot. Uh, you know, teams that have had to go and, and win all these road games and to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, none of the teams since 2000 that do so, and they're 3-7 they're and seven straight up and against the spread, uh, teams that have had to go and win three straight road games to reach the Super Bowl, and none of them beat a number one seed uh, in that third game. So, I mean, it is a tough spot, I think, for the Bucs. Uh, and then Packers, I just, you know, I just think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just done fighting against them. Like, last week was kind of it. And that, not that I thought that they were going to lose to the Rams because, you know, by the time we got around to this game, it was just a lack of faith in the Rams' offense to be able to score points. Uh, but I think the Packers are just, you know, just mea culpa on them. You know, I just have to just eat it. Just understand that they are this team that is this effective offensively and they're capable of, you know, it's kind of just waiting for the other shoe to drop for them all season. And I don't know if it's going to, maybe it will, you know, this weekend and maybe it will the, the following weekend, but uh, I I think it's a good spot for them. It lines up for them to be in a good spot. I mean, it's already down to three in a number of places. Uh, I think as long as it's not with the hook, if it's just three, I'll probably be more confident laying this three than I will doing anything in the AFC game. Although I'm outright just openly rooting for the bills uh, with no, with unabashed, you know, fandom. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it is a, this sets up to be a really good spot to bet the Packers. though if it's flat three, let me ask you something. So uh, what do you think of this total? Because you know, I'm leaning over um, as well. Um, you know, again, I mentioned, I mean, Green Bay just hasn't played a lot of good offenses. Um, you know, where they gave up, you know, what would they give up to the Colts? Like in the thirties, I think 34, they gave up, you know, last week, you know, we talked about, I, I liked Green Bay just because I just couldn't trust golf with, you know, in the weather and his thumb without Cooper cup, like, how are you going to move the ball? And they moved the ball. I mean, Jared Goff was pretty good. I mean, he made some good throws and guys were open. Um, I mean, you look at early downs. I mean, they were essentially in line with what the Packers did on early downs. They had a thir- uh, 61% success rate uh, on 41 first downs, 0.2 uh, EPA per play. They were just awful on third and fourth downs. And that's what happens. I mean, they had a 22% success rate on third and fourth downs, um, 14% success rate in third and fourth down passes because and we know this about the Rams. You put the Rams in kind of third and you know they're going to throw. Goff has no no chance. I mean, he, and he has no weapons to throw to. So, um, but they were still able to put up, what, 18 points, and they moved the ball. Um, you know, I think, I think Brady and this offense can get success against this Packers defense. 
Um, again, is it enough to win or cover? I'm not sure. But um, what do you guys think about the total here in terms of uh, 51 points? I mean, as long as the, the weather isn't horrible, I mean, I think both teams should be able to score. I mean, we, I, I think that, that both teams have proven they can score on anybody. It doesn't matter what defenses, um, you know, you play against. Like, they can, they can put up points easily in the 20s. Uh, might be able to get to 30. Is there anything in here that kind of puts you guys um, kind of opposite that, that you think the, they wouldn't be able to get to, to 51? No, I mean, that was my lead. And essentially it's just like, I feel like the, I feel like a lot of people don't even know the Bucks were the second highest scoring team in the NFL. Like, yeah. dude, I mean, I kind of feel like that just, it's not that, not really that common. And you kind of hit upon the, the Packers defense uh, from an EPA stance and even just the raw points loud stance have been really good, you know, from week nine on. But, I mean, just go down their schedule and see who they played. I mean, they faced Nick Mullins in the, the first COVID bowl game, uh, Jake Luton. Then they gave up 34 to Phillip Rivers. Then they faced Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Wentz in the game that was the final Wentz straw when he was pulled. Then they faced Stafford. Uh, they faced Teddy Bridgewater. Then the legit game where they kind of stood out was the Titans game. I don't know if the weather was in back. But the Titans was the legitimately like the one offense, the good offense they stopped, you know, over this back half of the season run. Um, that's really it because we even talked about ad nauseum last week, the, just how bad the Rams offense had been the previous month coming into that game. So, I mean, this will be their biggest test, you know, over that stretch outside of, you know, Titans Colts and the Colts did put up 34 on them in what was optimal conditions inside the dome. So will weather be a factor is kind of just what we're waiting to see. But I actually think this game does set up to be high scoring. I wish the line came in lower like last week. Um, because, you know, I ended up swinging back and bet the over in the Rams game uh, early uh, in the early game and ended up getting getting rewarded on it because the Packers did so much lifting. But uh, I think that this game could, if the weather holds up, could be more much more high scoring, could even be the more high scoring of the, of the two games uh, when it's all said and done, but just need the weather to hold up. Yeah, and remember, like even, okay, that Carolina game. So I was on that Carolina game, right? They ended up covering. But remember, Teddy Bridgewater had that, that goal line sneak that fumbled. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, you know, they ended up with just 16 points, but they easily should have scored in the twenties. I mean, you gave up, like you said, 34 against um, Phillip rivers and the Colts, you gave up um, uh, 30 against the saints. Um, You you know, you gave up 38 against Tampa, though, again, um, you know, essentially 14 was on turnovers, but you've given up, like they've proven they will, they'll give up kind of in the mid twenties to any competent offense. And I, I still, I don't want to make this excuse because I had the over in that Titans game. That was, not they they were clearly affected by the weather um and the horrible play calling just running derrick henry in the line but you know Tannehill was never comfortable um nobody was oh Corey davis i don't even think did he even get a target like it was it just i don't know if that is really the um that proved much to me uh from that perspective i know the packers are going to score like i i almost know for a fact they're going to score you know 27 plus um, and it's just a matter of, you know, maybe it is, you mentioned 23 and a half as Tampa team told, maybe that's the answer. Just take that over, um, you know, in a blowout, yeah, like in, a, in a blowout situation, I think they can score late in a, even in a close game. Like if they're going to cover, like what are the odds that they cover and this game goes, you know, is in the forties, like it's probably low. I, I don't know. That means you completely shut down Aaron Rodgers and that offense. So, you know, my, my, I guess my intuition is there's kind of a correlated, um parlay here like if you like tampa you kind of have to take the over um you know um otherwise you know i'm not sure taking tampa is the the smart play just on its own so i don't know Uh, i think those are those are a couple angles i'm looking at is you know if i do take a side it's probably tampa at three and a half and if it's a total i do kind of like the over but 
Um, still, uh, we'll, we still got a couple days. I don't think these lines are going to move a ton. I mean, they are pretty heavily bet into. Um, so, you know, you're not going to see a ton of late movement unless there's really, you know, COVID issues or major weather issues. So, you know, um, I might kind of sit here and wait and, and see, um, you know, uh, if I can get a good, uh, you know, better number on the total, I'm not sure, but, um, those are probably the angles I'm looking at here. Yeah. The Packers defense is really interesting to think of, because like you said, it's, you know, something that has improved over the second half of the season, but there is some, you know, opponent adjustment at play, but even with opponent uh, adjustment, you know, DVOA has, has that, <laughs> right. Yeah. Both can be true. So they went from, uh, I think 19th in past DVOA to 10th in past DVOA uh, over the second half of the season. So there is an improvement there. And I think structurally a, a little bit, there has been uh, some of that, uh, that, that has played uh, a part in it as, you know, some bad quarterbacks and bad offenses have, They've, they haven't dropped back, you know, some of their, you know, either defensive linemen or uh, linebackers into coverage that they were doing really uh, often uh, early on in the season. That kind of killed them a little bit in this Tampa Bay game. They dropped back some of their defensive linemen and, and linebackers, somebody like Preston Smith. Um, they were asking to cover like Rob Gronkowski and Rob Gronkowski had his like, I'm still Rob Gronkowski game that he really only had, you know, a couple times this that was year. Like his but, first real good game. Yeah, that was, that the was season. the breakout game because they were covering him with guys that just should not be covering Rob Gronkowski. And they hit a couple, you know, they, they lived on Y cross in, in that game. And that's like the, that's the Rob Gronkowski route. So they had uh, a couple of those uh, in that game and, and they, they've just completely shifted around some of that. So just Preston Smith in general, in weeks one through eight, he only rushed the passer on 67% of his uh, pass snaps, which is insane. Like Preston Smith should be rushing the passer uh, way more than that. But while he was rushing, he only had a 2.9% pressure rate. So he wasn't rushing the passer and he wasn't getting pressure while he was doing that. But in weeks uh, nine through 17, uh, actually through the playoffs, he's rushed now 80.3% of his pass snaps. And he has a 10.4% pressure rate, which is much more in line with what Preston Smith should be. So they're using guys in just a, a better way. Uh, and that's, I think, something that has helped them go forward. And I think we have to at least mention Jair Alexander, who uh, you know had the lowest completion percentage against among 148 cornerbacks with uh, at least 100 pass snaps. Um, so, yeah, he's been great. Um, and I think he really was really good in the Rams game. And I think the problem is how deep Tampa Bay's uh, receiving weapons are against how deep um, – you know, uh, Green Bay's secondary is because you can have Jair Alexander shut down whoever he's going to cover. And, but that's the problem. We don't exactly know who he's going to cover. They didn't even move him last week. He played just one left corner at the hundred percent of his snaps. Right. And that's probably going to be, you know, what you do against Tampa, because if you, you know, shut down one guy, you still have all these other guys, you know, Chandon Sullivan's been good in the slot, uh, but Kevin King has been, you know, a liability at points and he was a liability against uh, green or against uh, the Rams. Every time they went at him, um, I think he was the most targeted player on that defense. Uh, I think he went up uh, a reception every time he was targeted. So he can be a weak link because the secondary is a weak link uh, proposition and, you know, Kevin King has been the weak link for most of uh, this time. So, you know, even Adrian Amos has been great at safety. So they have these guys who can cover some of what Tampa Bay can do. Um, But I think when they have that weak link, I think they can potentially uh, go against that. Unless, you know, Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich just decide to run the ball 90 times in this game, uh, then 
then who knows? And I think that's the possibility here also. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if you look at that first matchup, Ronald Jones, 23 for 113, Keyshawn Vaughn, 5 for 42. I mean, they had a lot of success on the ground against this team. Um, and you saw last week they used a lot of Fournette and, and Ronald Jones mixed it up. I mean, I could see them saying, hey, look, let's, let's, you know, quote, unquote, establish a run early. You know, and we saw the Rams. I mean, Cam Akers had a really nice game last week. I mean, that was the only thing um, that was kind of keeping them in um, in the first half. But, yeah, there, there is a possibility that Bruce – but I still – it's a Bruce Arians offense, right? Like, he is really stubborn <laughs> that way. So, I think he's still going to, no matter what, throw the ball. Um, hopefully, they don't just do run, run, pass. Like, I just hope they don't start the game that way. Um, but they definitely do have to mix up the run game. I mean, I just, you can't put Brady in these third and long situations, you know, cause he's kind of sitting duck against these, uh, the pressures. Um, so we'll be, I think it'll be interesting, but I think the, I think there are paths for success for, for Tampa for sure here. Um, but, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I wish that was the late game, to be honest. I, I think that's, uh, I'd rather see, I like seeing, uh, green Bay and kind of, uh, you know, um, the dusk uh, setting. Yeah. The dust setting. I think it will be a better, <laughs> I'm surprised. I guess that must've been, that must've been locked in, right. That it's, you know, AFC, uh, or NFC first, right. Like no matter what, but, um, I'm excited for this game. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So let's move on to that AFC game. Now it's another rematch from week six. Um, this is, you know, what we've really been waiting for kind of, all season, you know, at least since that game, really, it seemed to look like the Bills and the Chiefs were the two best teams in the AFC. Um, you know, a little bit of unknown here with Patrick Mahomes uh, suffering uh, that concussion. That's part of, you know, this, you know, neurological nerve issue that's more potentially more of, you know, a next thing, but it's, it's still a concussion, even though there wasn't, you know, a blow to the head. Um, he, I guess, practiced, uh, they originally said in full, but because he's not cleared through the concussion protocol, uh, they had to say it was limited, but um, it, it seems like he will be on track to play. So that does not look to be a, an issue right now. So right now we are looking at a Chiefs minus three line. This game is, of course, in Kansas City uh, over under of 54. So how are we feeling about uh, this game? I mean, listen, did you watch the Bills come out and call one rushing play in the first half of that game last <laughs> week? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, they just continue to, to do everything, I feel, like to put their team in the most optimal position. And, you know, they, granted, you know, that, that, that pick six was a big swinging point in the game. And the Ravens make a couple of field goals. Maybe it's not that. But they knew that they, you know, coming in with just Devin Singletary and TJ Eldon, they were not going to be able to run the ball effectively. And they, they just threw it out the window. And, you know, threw it out of the game plan. And uh, really came out and tried to attack that defense. You know, some of the weather played out in that. But it's nice. To, it's just refreshing to see how many teams would even try to do that in the in that spot in the playoff game. Like, you know, uh, so it's nice to see them kind of do that. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm just openly been on the Bills bandwagon since the middle of the season. Uh, I'm not going to get off now. I think that they're also a very live dog like the Bucks here. I mean, it just depends what they come out and do, vice versa, what they did in that week six matchup. Because they did in that week six matchup, Dan, which you have talked about all season long. Uh, they came out, they played two high safety on 68% of their snaps. Uh, they've done that 34% of the time versus everyone else. They ran the ball on 46% of their snaps, which is their third highest rate in the season. This whole, I, I will just stand by this take until it's proven wrong that you have to just go in with the Rocky Balboa approach when you play the Chiefs. I mean, they have lost nine games with Patrick Holmes under center and the points scored in the games that they have lost have been, to their opponent's points have been 43, 54, 29, 38, 37, 19, 31, 35, and 40. One time it has effectively been to play and keep away as work, that Colts game. 
other other than that like it's just not an optimal approach i believe to come in and say like we're going to try to just ground the chiefs out and and limit their possessions man and and the bills are capable of saying the bills can win a 43 to 40 game they can i totally believe that they can um but if they come in and, and do what they did in week six i don't think it's the optimal way for them to play um and I will see how sticky that is. I mean, you know, Matt Milano didn't play in that game. Trent Murphy was benched at that time, uh, although he's just kind of a bit player. On the other side of the ball, John Feliciano didn't play. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people have talked about Josh Allen in that game, that he had the left shoulder injury from a couple weeks prior in the Raiders game, which he did have. And then the weather, although the weather didn't impact Patrick Mahomes on any level throwing the football. But what really what stands out in that matchup when I went back and looked at it is that the Chiefs just hammered Josh Allen uh, in, in terms of generating pressure. So for the season, Josh Allen was one of the, one of the most impacted uh, passers under pressure this season, uh, as, as great as the season was. He threw for two yards uh, per pass attempt lower than what kept clean and his completion rate dropped 29.6 percent those were the 25th and 36th largest decreases amongst quarterbacks from kept clean under pressure in terms of yards per attempt and completion rate and in that week six matchup the Chiefs did not sack him but they pressured him on 54.8 percent of his dropbacks it was the highest rate he's been under pressure all season the highest rate in the NFL that week in week six and he was just four of 13 under pressure for 44 yards uh 10 of 14 when kept clean that that was the, the big linchpin in that game that just kind of no one circles back to is the Chiefs consistently got home on Josh Allen in that game and uh you know, we'll see if they're able to do that in the rematch, but uh, that's kind of the, the only really kind of the fly in the ointment there is, is, is for Josh Allen is, you know, if teams can still get pressure on him, you know, he kind of has those, those kind of moments where he's, you know, kind of thrown off rhythm and is ineffective. But uh, I expect them to, to really be aggressive in this game. Like they've been all the back half of the season. They've, I mean, they've, since they played the Chiefs, they've gone 11 and one and the only game that they lost was the Hale Murray game. Uh, so I expect them to come out and kind of just do what they have done that served them well the back half of the season and be aggressive. The Browns were aggressive. It just didn't work. The Chiefs defense played good. The Chiefs defense was was excellent in that Browns game. Uh, and they played really well. But the Browns came out and were aggressive in that game. I mean, hell, they could have taken the lead at halftime if that just the bounce of the football goes a different way. Uh, they could have been leading at the half uh, in that game. Uh, but I'm looking for the Bills to kind of break out of what they did, at least offensively in week six. Defensively, I don't know what they're really going to do, but I expect them offensively a lot more aggressive than they were in that week six game. Yeah, you're right. The Browns did. I mean, they did. They did everything they could, you know, what they've been doing the back half of the year is throwing early. They were just awful. <laughs> <on early downs. laughs> I mean, it's, it's what it is, and that's credit to Kansas City's defense and Spagnola did a nice job there. And um, yeah, I don't, again, I don't have a play yet here. And this is, I would say I have less conviction on either side or total uh, in this game than I do even in the Tampa Green Bay game um, because there's just so many question marks. I, yeah, I think Mahomes is going to play. I don't think there's any doubt. And the line reflects that. Like anyone who thinks they're like getting ahead of the market by taking Kansas City, I mean, at worst, it's a little bit of juice on the three, but you know, you're not really, I don't you think, think it game. climbs at all. I mean, it just juice. I think it'll be juice three, like maybe 120 or something. You, I mean, I, I don't know if they would move to three and a half. We'll see. I think the one underrated factor that nobody's talking about is his toe because everyone's only talking about the concussion. I think it's a foregone conclusion he's going gonna, he's gonna to play. But the toe injury was, I mean, he couldn't, he was limping around there. Even when he scrambled one time, um, he, you know, he did not move well. And that's been a big part of his offense uh, the last two postseasons like when when the you know a play needs to be made he's been running the ball running very effectively um and he did he again, scrambled I, a lot in this first matchup too because of the shell coverage 
Yeah, exactly. And so if you take that away or if you limit that, I think that's a that's a pretty big deal that no one's really no one's really talking about as much. So I, I would keep an eye on that. I, I think, you know, and that's one thing I, I'm going to look at, um, you know, some of these props, wonder what it is, it, it, how much that number is going to be affected by it. I mean, it might be, but, you know, it, it was almost 20 last week, which is substantially higher than what his average was during the season because he just runs so much more in the postseason. Um, and so that's one area I'm looking at, but, you know, otherwise I agree with you. I think they just got to say, screw it. Like we've got the weaponry, you know, not every team can do it. The Browns, as much as we want to say, they have a great offense. They really don't. They're not the offense that could just produce huge plays left and right when they want to. I mean, Buffalo can, and so they can keep up, um, you know, Green Bay would be the other one that can do that. They can keep up, um, when, when, you know, they, they decide to kind of go all out and you never know. I mean, Mahomes after a concussion, I mean, how do, um, how do quarter, I've never actually evaluated this, you know, quarterbacks first game back from a concussion. How do they usually react? Are they, you know, skittish in the pocket? I don't know. Um, so, you know that could be a factor here. I just, I just think that the, the three is a good number. Yeah. Again, I'll look at the total here. Um, I'm not sure what the weather report is. I don't think there's any precipitation, but there could be some, some wind maybe I'm not sure. Um, but I think both, I think they're just going to kind of let it loose. Um, I think that Buffalo was like, you know, last game was just, they were just getting paper cut run to death and <laughs> they could not stop them. And they actually got them into some third down situations. Their EPA per play was, was tremendous. I think they had like a, a 70 plus percent um, success rate on, on third downs. Um, so 71 or sorry, 69% success rate on third and fourth downs, 0.71 EPA per play. Um, that really, really extended a lot of plays. I mean, there was a couple of third and 12, third and 14s that uh, Mahomes converted. He ran, he ran a couple times. So, um, you know, if they could just cut that down a little bit, I mean, the Bills are fourth best in the NFL on, um, on third and fourth downs from an EPA per play perspective on defense. So if they can, you know, limit that, um, you know, they're, they're right in there in this game. I mean, the, the Bills didn't play well, and they still only lost by, what, seven last game against uh, the, in the first matchup, whatever it was. So I, I think they definitely have um, a chance to win this game. Um, you know, the Chiefs are, you know, I think contrary – to belief they are beatable. I mean, you don't just keep winning these games by less than, you know, six points. Um, so many in a row without it potentially coming back to bite you against a really good team like Buffalo. You know, one of these times, uh, you know, uh, Daryl Williams is going to fumble or it's going to bounce off of, uh, you know, Kelsey's chest and get intercepted. Like there's going to be an unlucky bounce somewhere along the line where they can't, you know, pull out some of these late victories. So, um, you know, I'd like to see – I like fresh blood. I like new blood. I wouldn't mind seeing Buffalo win this game. But I think, again, another – I don't see either way, um, either team getting blown out here. Um, so I'll probably look at the total. Um, and as long as Mahomes plays, and um, I think there's going to be a lot of points. So I may just end up on this over. But, um, you know, again, I'll have to take a look at the weather. Um, I'm just nervous. Again, if Buffalo just does that shell and just, you know, you know, tells Kansas City, hey, go ahead and run the ball, then your, your total's kind of screwed. <laughs> but Unbelievably uh, rare spot for the Chiefs. Uh, if you're on the Chiefs' side and on that side that they are, you know, just what the Chiefs are. I mean, they've only had six games in Patrick Holmes' three years where him starting and they've been a favorite of three or less. And, yeah. you know, uh, they are, they're four and two in those games well, against the spread and straight up. Uh, market so has to adjust, right? You, you can't keep putting the Chiefs' lines at seven it, plus yep. points. <laughs> and, and, I mean, they haven't yep. covered in, like, ten weeks. It's crazy. So, I, I mean, I'll say one, you know, for the people that do have the ability to bet kind of live, one way to play this, and I might end up doing, is just waiting to see one drive and how Buffalo starts defending 
um, this Kansas City offense, if they if they're just doing the same thing they did in the first game, you know, maybe you just you just kind of sit back and not touch the total. But if they're playing a little more aggressive and maybe blitzing a little bit more or playing a little bit more up, then that might be a signal. Hey, let's go ahead and just pound the whatever the live over is because. If they're going to be, you know, if they're not going to be conservative on defense, then uh, there definitely will be points here. So that's that's another way to take a look at this game. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's what I think what we're going to look at. This has kind of been this story of the Chiefs season. We've talked about it all the time. I'm kind of like, I'm sick of talking about how <laughs> how these teams are, are playing, you know, these this too deep structure and just begging the Chiefs to run the ball. And in that first matchup, they did. Um uh, I'm not sure how often they're going to, you know, be running the ball uh, in this game. Like, I don't think they have a lot of trust in their, uh, you know, rushing offense. At least, maybe if Daryl Williams, uh, they have trust in him now. We're not totally sure how Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be. I think they don't really want Le'Veon Bell running the ball much at all. Um, uh, I think we could see some uh, wide receiver runs. Might be how. Um, how the chiefs uh, go about this. They had about, I think uh, they had 18 wide receiver runs uh, in the regular season. They were one of the most effective uh, teams with uh, wide receiver runs, whether that was, you know, jet sweeps or some other things. They had a, a crazy wide receiver run with the, the Michael Hardman. Um, what about Miles Garrett running McCall Hartman down? Yeah, yeah. So that was the thing. So <laughs> what a freak! I, I guess it, that that technically was a pass, I, I believe, because yeah. it, it was a, it was a jet, jet sweep, pass, a yeah. jet sweep pass. Um, but they have used those, you know, the actual jet sweeps and and some end arounds that have gained yards, and that might be how they do it. But that that Hardman play uh, was ridiculous. They come out. The Chiefs came out in uh, 10 personnel on, I believe, two plays uh, during the regular season. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you have a play with uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Michael Hardman, um, uh, Demarcus Robinson, and Byron Pringle all on the field. Uh, and then you have Ty- Tyreek Hill in the backfield. You have Michael Hardman uh, coming in on the, the jet sweep. And, like, that's what are you supposed to do with that? Uh, especially for uh, a Browns team that just doesn't have that much speed in the secondary to begin with. So I think you can potentially, and you know, the bills are just going to probably sit in nickel, no matter what shells mm-hmm. they play, they no matter what coverage they do, they played nickel more than any team in the league uh, during the regular season, because they, they love their two linebackers. They can, you know, cover decently. So just that's what they're going to do. So if the chiefs can spread them out a, a little bit and get maybe more of that, you know, you know, they, the Chiefs usually are, are living in 11 personnel, uh, but if they can sprinkle in a little more 10, Sammy Watkins might be back. And even if he's not, they still have, you know, if you have Robinson and Pringle who can be out on the field, I think that adds an extra element that they might be, you know, sprinkling in some things that the Bills just haven't seen before because the Chiefs need to, you know, move the ball just a, a little bit because, They've all season been the, the team that's going to say, fine, we'll, we'll give you those chunks. And when they're, you know, teams are sitting back in that, you know, cover two shell or, you know, quarters or whatever it is, that's where Travis Kelsey has been open. And that's so much where Travis Kelsey's yardage came from. I mean, he almost led the league uh, in yardage. And that was from a lot of just defensive uh, scheme that's been going against them. So we'll see that. I wonder if they all will be a little more conservative if there is going to be, you know, that, you know, health concern with Patrick Mahomes that might play into, you know, Buffalo's hands a little bit. But like you said, we've, we've seen this strategy work. Um, You know, the, 
the Browns had the potential to uh, go and win that game at the end. The Bills in week six, as bad as that offense played, they had the potential to go win. When you can limit what the Chiefs can do, even though you know they're going to score, when you can limit how often they score, uh, that's that's a huge thing for uh, for the opposing team. So, and I think when you saw what what the Browns did, you know they they sat back in coverage so much. They didn't blitz at all. I think only 10% uh, of uh, Mahomes dropbacks, they blitz. And, but, and he also threw into zero tight windows. So there was like a little bit of a give and take there where they were sitting back into coverage, but they weren't, you know, testing that coverage at all. They, they weren't putting any stress on it. So Mahomes was kind of able to sit back and, and throw these easy passes just all day. And I think you, you can't do that. You have to play somewhat in between. You have to be able to, you know, defend some of these passes. Uh, and on the other side with, with the Browns, you know, Baker Mayfield made some great throws. The problem was those great throws were going for like eight yards <laughs> and, and there, there just weren't yards to be gained afterwards. He was making some incredible throws and it was, you know, a 11 yard gain. Uh, they weren't, you know, 15 and 20 yard gains. And I think that's how you have to start you know, chipping away at what the Chiefs can do. And we know that's what the Bills uh, can do. And I, going back and watching their game from week six, you know, and they, you know, Josh Allen had the shoulder. So there were a couple things that were missing there. They they didn't completely have Stephon Diggs um, in the role he really turned into playing, which, you know, so much of that was, you know, the, those curls and comebacks. I've talked about this. Also, I've written about this. I might continue to write about it again because the further I dig into it, uh, it's just crazy how much they lived on that. Stephon Diggs just setting up corners on a vertical route. As soon as they flip their hips to run with him downfield, he's coming back and Josh Allen is waiting for that. He knows it's open and that's how they got so, so a big chunk of their yards um, uh, through the air uh, with that connection. Uh, the Chiefs were able to stop them from going deep uh, a little bit in, in that first game. Uh, but I think what they're doing now is they're moving Stephon Diggs around a little more. They got Stephon Diggs in, in the slot against Baltimore, um, the, matching him up against guys that, that aren't, uh, shouldn't be covering, you know, Stephon Diggs. Uh, they got him once against uh, Tremont Williams, who apparently might be a Packer by the time uh, that game starts uh, because he was cut by the Ravens. Um, they're getting him on and looping him through like some, uh, some like overs from the slot uh, that are just getting him open. So I'm going to be interested to see that. They have, you know, Jerry Sneed, who's been uh, pretty good in the slot. They have, you know, Tyron Matthew, who has been excellent, by the way. Like we, I guess, we haven't really talked about Tyron Matthew a lot in this um, on this podcast. I know I wrote a big thing about him before last year's Super Bowl. I wrote a big thing about how he is like the prototype for uh, you know defensive players in the modern NFL uh, before the season, but we really haven't talked about him. He's been so good among safeties with at least 30 targets. Uh, he had the lowest completion percentage uh, allowed. So he's playing up in the slot a little bit more. Uh, he's not blitzing quite as much, but he's still one of the heaviest blitzers um, uh, for safety. So uh, the way they use him uh, has been absolutely outstanding. So, but I think when you're Buffalo and you can go, you know, oh, like we kind of said about uh, Tampa Bay, how they can go with, you know, either four wider, even in their 12 personnel, they can, you know, stretch out that defense and see how how deep a secondary is because it, it is a weak link unit. And I'm not totally sure if the Chiefs have a weak link, but when you're the Bills and you can consistently go, you know, in 10 personnel with so many good wide receivers, like I know I've stressed this point a bunch, but the Bills just don't have bad wide receivers. Like Isaiah McKenzie is wide receiver 
five on that team. Uh, and he's good. The Baltimore last week was their best plays were designed for Willie Sneed. Um, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that's supposed to be what happened. These, those plays were supposed to go to Willie Sneed and Buffalo is just going, you know, five wide uh, with all good wide receivers. So I think that's, that's that give and take there uh, is going to be it's so interesting to see how both of these teams have adapt from week six. And I, I do think the, the Bills are going to be able to, you know, move that ball uh, a little bit, especially better than they did in week six. And we've, we've just kind of seen them. And I'm not sure if the Chiefs can uh, be able to to match what uh, the Bills can be doing um, when, when they spread out like that. So it's just going to be – it's this is going to be really fun to watch. I know T.A. said he, he would rather uh, the other game, the NFC game, be the, the night game. But I'm definitely more excited uh, for this one. Yeah, and uh, – sorry, I, I... – <laughs> had to skip out for a second. So I, I might've missed this, but I, you know, one thing you were talking about spreading them out, you know, we know Buffalo has run the second most um, 10 personnel in the league. Um, in that first matchup, just looking at the numbers, um, they ran it 16 times against the chiefs with a 69%, a nice 69% success rate. Um, seven of 10 uh, through the air, um, 8.2 yards per attempt and a touchdown. And they ran the ball at 67% um, success rate. There's only six rushing attempts, but, you know, so they did have success. It was the 11 personnel where Buffalo really struggled, only a 39% success rate on 33 plays. So maybe they just say, hey, look, this is, uh, what are we even wasting our time with this three wide receiver set? Let's go four wide, mm, yeah. you know, do that a little bit more. Um, I mean, they, they really couldn't run it. They, they were seven of 17, Allen was, only 29% success rate from 11 personnel. So maybe they just do a little bit more of that um, and attack that way. So uh, that was thought that was just interesting in their first matchup, um, you know, a, kind of a little divergent split there between the, the two personnel groupings. But um, yeah, it's going to be hard. I mean, again, I, I still find it. I don't know if it's really Josh Allen. I know he's coming from Wyoming, but every bad weather game, he has struggled. I mean, we saw it last week, it, you know, in the wind, we, he missed the Diggs digs um, wide open for a touchdown. Uh, on the deep ball. He struggled against Kansas City, um, essentially in that first matchup. He struggled when he played in the wind. It was a lot of wind against New England, um, where they almost lost outright. Um, I feel like all these kind of tough weather games, especially wind and rain, like he really, really struggled. I don't know if that's coincidence or not. So, you know, I want to see him with some some favorable conditions because I don't want <laughs> I mean, he's done so well. He's played so well. I want this to be kind of a good old-fashioned shootout. So hopefully the weather kind of holds off here, but that's something that, you know, again, waiting, waiting as long as I can to see, you know, which side I want to go on, or, you know, the total, you know, if I know that the weather is not going to be a major factor, you know, the over here could be, you know, one, especially in uh, kind of a live over um, early in the first quarter, seeing how Buffalo plays this uh, could be something that I look at. Yeah. So I think, I think there we go. We got two really good games. They're games uh, we should be, uh, excited to watch. I think this definitely could have been worse. We could have, you know, unfortunately been watching whatever Drew Brees' arm had left in Lambeau, and I'm not sure that would have been a very fun viewing experience for uh, probably anyone outside of Green Bay, uh, I would assume, so especially not for, for neutral fans. So, um, man, I think these are 
uh, this is as good as we could have hoped for uh, these uh, two games. So uh, they will be uh, very exciting to watch and we'll continue to uh, break these down. You know, Rich has his worksheet up on, uh, up on Shark Football Analysis that you can find. Again, all his... Uh, you know, playoff writing has been free so far. I'm going to have something uh, up probably on the Tampa Bay and Green Bay and something on that other game uh, later. TA is also going to have stuff on the site. So we're going to continue to uh, be having uh, your coverage of, of these games and uh, we will uh, keep that going. Uh, so we're going to uh, end this show here. You can find Rich uh, on Twitter at Lord Reeves. Again, all of his work on sharkfootballanalysis.com. You can find TA on Twitter uh, at Cleve TA. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. Thank you for guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon. <laughs> Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.